The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. In this four-part podcast series of The Compliance Life, I visit with Ellen Hunt, the Senior Vice President, Audit, Ethics, and Compliance at AARP. Ellen is a lawyer, ethics compliance professional, and chief audit executive. She has extensive management experience in designing, implementing, and operating ethics and compliance programs, including board governance, reporting, designing ethics education, creating policy management frameworks, managing enterprise and compliance risks, as well as handling investigations and regulatory inquiries. Using AARP's Enterprise Risk Management Profile, she redesigned how AARP conducts its annual audit planning to process to identify audits that relate to the organization's most significant risks and incorporated the use of data analytics into audit execution. Over these four podcasts, we visit about, in episode one, her professional background and how your career can lead you to compliance In episode two, we look at what do you need to do to get to the role of the Chief Compliance Officer. In episode three, we consider what do you do after you get to the CCO chair. And in episode four, we would conclude with thoughts about moving up from the CCO chair to other corporate positions. It's a fascinating exploration of Ellen's experience in the compliance life. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox and Ellen Hunt back for another episode of The Compliance Life. Today, Ellen, I'd like to explore what happens when your dreams come true and you get the CCO role, when you're in that chair and you're now the chief compliance officer. What does that mean and how did you uh, handle that? It's a great opportunity. uh, And I think you have to really sit back and develop a strategy for how you're going to run the department and how you want the department to be positioned And that means you really have to analyze what are the risks, what needs your top priority, uh, and how are you going to utilize the skills and the talents of your team? And how are you going to position them for success? Um, And that's not just, you know, your individual goals for one year, but really a three to three to five year plan. You need to think about having the budget that supports that plan and being realistic. Um, It's a big demotivator when you work towards something and then you don't have the money to make to make it happen. Um, And then I think you have to you have to be focused and and concentrate on working your strategy. uh, And um, what does an effective ethics and compliance program look like in your organization? Um, it's not just the rote seven elements of the federal sensing guidelines. It's what addresses the risks in your organization and what is going to fit the values and the strategy for, for your organization. So um, you really need to sit back and, and become, uh, give a lot of thought 
to what your activities are going to be and why you're doing them, because that's what your CEO, your CFO, and your board is going to ask you. What's your strategy and why? And why does it matter? And, and how does it help the business? Helen, you've just uh, hit upon a point that we have not focused on in any of our prior podcasts, which is the board of directors. As a CCO, especially a new CCO, this may be one of the first times you've been certainly in front of a, a board as a CCO, and it may be the first time you've been in front of the board. What is the uh, your view of the expectation of the board, and how do you meet that expectation as a CCO? Yeah, so so I think um, one of the things that's really important is to establish that relationship. You should um, be able to and should be encouraging conversations outside of the boardroom so that whether it's the chair of your audit committee or the chair of your board, they get comfortable with you. Uh, the relationship there has to be one of trust, right? They realize that you may one day come to them with an issue about a board member or an executive member or another issue that could threaten the business. Uh, it could be, um, you know, uh, a bet the farm kind of situation. And so they need to get to know you and you need to get to know them. Um, and building that re uh, relationship is terribly important. Uh, I'd encourage in those first couple of conversations to have that expectation conversation uh, about what you think is important for them to know, but also really listening to what they think is important for them to know. Um, in my experience has been they're probably going to give you a lot of deference and re rely on your expertise. This is a huge opportunity for you to set the tone about your uh, amount of transparency, about what you think is important, uh, the metrics that you report on say a ton about what you think is important and your strategy. Talk about your strategy with your board members and get their input because, you know, they may sit on a number of boards and they may really have some valuable advice and input to help you shape that strategy. I, I think sometimes we're afraid to ask board members things uh, and, and uh, in, solicit their input but they can be a valuable strategic advisor to you. And um, you'll know pretty soon how willing they, they are to share with you, but ask, what would you like? What, what do you expect of me? What do you want me to report on? What do you think is important in the ethics and compliance program? You might be the first to ask and they'll probably appreciate it. Ellen, in terms of your prioritization, is that a simply uh, a risk assessment and then risk ranking of your top risks? Is it doing what you just suggested, uh, asking the board, what would you like to see? Is it working with other senior executives to find out what they want? Or is it a combination of all of the above? It's all of that. It's all of that. And one of the things that I think is really important about risk is people can have very different perspectives on it. So uh, we have always really um, included the compliance risk assessment as part of the ERM risk. So it's, it is tied to the strategy. And that has been very, very valuable because people don't talk about compliance or legal risk in a separate kind of conversation. It's one conversation. And when we consider 
uh, doing new kinds of programs or entering into different relationships or expanding or retracting or, or any kind of change that could be substantial to our business operations, there's a conversation about what kind of compliance risk does that represent. And one of the things that ethics and compliance should be doing or positioned to do is to protect the reputation of the organization. So all of those things are connected. Uh, and I think it's very valuable to know what your board is thinking, what your executive C-suite team members are thinking, and what the employees are thinking. Um, so I think all of those, all of those matter. And you should you should be getting everybody's perspective that, that you can, because that's how you learn more about the business and, and where those risks may be. Ellen, another first for a CCO may be you now have to manage people. You may have a team, you may have an assigned compliance team, you may have a cross-functional dotted line reporting team. How do you uh, help someone, how would you help someone think through managing your team? Yeah, so you've got to get to know your team. Maybe these are people you've been working with for a long time. Maybe you're the new member of the team and you don't you don't know these folks. Maybe you've come from that the outside. I, I think the, the thing that I have found effective is asking people what they're most interested in, what they like to do, and what do they think they're successful at. If you can match people's interests and passions with their tasks and responsibilities, um, they'll be happier and more motivated, but you're also probably just really going to get better quality work. Um, and uh, that also really gives you a real sense about um, where their skills and talents are. And I'm always looking for people who have skills and talents that are different than mine and help round out the team. I don't want everybody who's great at reading the regs, right? We don't need five or 10 people who can do that. We need two or three, um, but then I need somebody who's a good communicator or I need somebody who's really very technically savvy and I need somebody who's maybe a very great um, budget person and project manager to keep us going and on track. So. I'd sit down, sit down and think about what the needs are and then how people's skills and talents uh, fall in line with that. The other thing that I've, I've done, Tom, because I think professional development is really very important, I ask my team to give me a copy of their resume today because everybody should have an up-to-date resume, but also then I want one that uh, is five years out. And then we go through that and I ask them, why do you want to be there? And then let's break it down. And what's what's it going to take for you to get there? And it's okay if it's you want to be the chief compliance officer. It's all right. Um, but you know, I, I I want professional development to be meaningful and going towards a goal. Sometimes we just you know we pick up a book about leadership and that's professional development. It it has to be going somewhere. It has to be part of the journey. Ellen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope our listeners will join us tomorrow because I'm actually excited about our final podcast where uh, when you get to the CCO seat, it does not end your journey, and we're going to explore that continued journey. So I look forward to continuing our conversation. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. 
I hope you'll join me again for another episode where I visit with Ellen Hunt about her journey to the CCA chair. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will listen in again next week, and thank you so much for joining me this week. There is one thing I could ask you to do if you could rate our podcast on iTunes and help get the word out about this most unique podcast and the newest This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.